0: Hello MindBloomers, this is MindBloom, the safe space at the intersection of mental health advocacy and breast cancer awareness. MindBloom is your podcast. Come back weekly and listen to my guests as they reflect on their close encounters with emotional disorders and breast cancer. Not an easy task? But we promise to make your mind bloom. Hello, Mind Bloomers. This is Marina G, your host, and this is Mind Bloom. Please remember, the content provided by Mind Bloom is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Disregard professional medical advice or delay seeking medical treatment because of any content referenced or authored by Mind Bloom. You, hi guys, hello, and welcome to episode 49 of Mind Bloom. This month, we're celebrating May Mental Health Month. So, I come to you and ask you, what have you been doing for your mental health this month? How have you been taking care of yourself? MindBloom is, as you know, a big champion of breaking taboos in terms of mental illness, as well as uh, taboos against psychiatry or uh, antidepressants or seeking a therapist, a counselor, a professional that can help you and here we're all for honesty and sincerity in, in our struggles. I try to be as candid as I possibly can regarding my own mental health and I don't hide from anyone that a big part of my well-being has to do with my support system my doctors therapists my little antidepressant that I take every day and that I've been taking every day every morning for the last seven years and the individual work I do uh, following techniques from CBT are just this general Um, effort to be self-aware, to know myself and to know my triggers, to know what makes me comfortable and what doesn't, and uh, to push myself as well if it's safe, if I know that I'll stay and be safe, then to push myself a little bit out of my comfort zone. Otherwise, I think I would just be in bed all day, every day. Because with uh, generalized anxiety disorder, that's uh, that's really what you feel. That's really how I feel. The space I feel safe in is my room, my bed, my head, where I can control the environment. I can control who comes in and out. I can control what stimulation comes in and doesn't. And as soon as you step outside the door, you stop being able to control things, right? So for the longest time, I struggled with uh, social anxiety and this undiagnosed agoraphobia where just going out seemed overwhelming and a challenge too big for me to tackle. But you wouldn't know that from, from knowing me or seeing me. Uh, on on social media, not only because at this point in my life, uh, I've done a lot of work already, so I'm not exactly going through those phases of just being in my room and not being able to even leave it or not feeling safe or comfortable if I did. Uh, Much on the contrary, I'm exploring the country, I'm going from one Airbnb to the next, and welcoming really, and being excited for next steps. So that's that's really the extent when I look back, that's really the extent of, of my work on myself, on my fears, on my anxiety. So that's one side of it. I no longer struggle with those um, symptoms of anxiety. But on the other hand, by changing my mindset, by doing an 180 on my mindset, on annulling, I guess, my thoughts, my negative thoughts, or by working with them and nudging them into becoming positive thoughts and by uh, recognizing what is intrusive, what isn't, what is detrimental for myself and my my health. So by understanding all of that, I've changed The way my brain operates tremendously to the point that now it's almost second nature to feel and to think positively about things. It's not an effort. I I still, of course, feel worried or apprehensive or anxious even, but it doesn't linger for as long as it used to. I hope this makes sense to you and I hope that you at home relate to this and I hope you're also in a place now where you see that behind you. But that's how I perceived the world up to maybe seven, five years ago. Everything was scary. Everything was bound to kill me. Everything was bound to hurt me. People, events... Parties, friends, relationships. And now, again, like I said, I still take steps, of course, in order to prevent hurt and uh, uncomfort and uh, unsafety, of course. But I am more willing to accept whatever comes. And I was telling a, a relative this, this morning, I was saying to them that by now I'm so used to overcoming all the little obstacle, little or bigger obstacles that life puts in my way, that I know for a fact that whatever comes next will also be overcome. So for example, my uh, panic disorder came from an irrational fear of developing or being diagnosed, like having a doctor say to me that I had breast cancer, just like that. That was my biggest fear prior to actually having, you know, my first biopsy, my first MRI, my first surgery. And I thought at the time, you know, seven years ago, five years ago, four years ago, I thought if I ever get a result from a mammogram or an ultrasound that is uh, anything but negative and bi-rats too or, uh, you know, reassuring, just saying, okay, come back next year. If I ever get anything other than that, then i will just flat out die just i'll fall to the ground and i'll i won't won't ever be able to get up again because that news is going to be so earth-shattering and that was just that was not even a diagnosis of breast cancer i wouldn't wouldn't even go that far i would just fear the foray into Uh, further exams and scans until one day that happened in October of 2019 when I had an MRI to uh, just so that my breast surgeon could be at peace. Um, My breast tissue being so, so or like they say, extremely dense. It's very hard for mammograms to pick up on anything. And ultrasounds, I was getting them regularly, but ultrasounds may perhaps also be hiding something. Um, So she, out of a fluke, decided that I could have an MRI and insurance approved it. So October... Of 2019, off I go to get an MRI and I think nothing of it because at that point I was um, feeling wonderful and feeling all the good results from um, my psychotherapy and my meds. So I had done work for years towards um, healing or managing um, the panic disorder that revolved around my fear of breast cancer. So I was feeling top-notch, and I thought, this is, this is going to be good. My doctor just wants to make sure, and my doctor is looking after me. And as long as my doctor is telling me to do, you know, this A and B and C, if I do it, I'm off the hook. I just have to follow her steps and trust the process, and everything's going to be fine. And lo and behold, I get a few days after the MRI, I get a call from her office telling me that they had uh, found something that they wanted to make sure was nothing uh, and um, that they had already scheduled uh, a biopsy for me. And that was very concerning. The way she said it, the woman, Um, there's nothing to worry about, but we just want to make sure which is code for hell, just got loose. And the fact that she said uh, that their office had already scheduled everything for me. All I had to do was show up. That was weird because, you know, year by year, I was the one scheduling my, my mammograms, my ultrasound. So that was weird. So that right there was the moment... I had been dreading uh, my whole life or my adult life. The call from uh, the doctor's office saying they needed to do some more uh, uh, exams. And what do I do? I just crumble and cry my eyes out. I was so scared. And this is just them asking me to do a biopsy. I was crying convulsively after that call. And I looked at my dog and I thought I wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to be her mommy for much longer. The biopsy itself was a diagnosis already for me, which we know, I know now that that's not the case necessarily, but it just felt that way at the moment. So I called my therapist as I had learned to do over the years. I'd learned to trust. I had learned to count her as a a huge part of my support system. And we walked through a few steps and techniques as to to get me through uh, the couple of days until the biopsy. And then the couple of days about a week until the results of the biopsy. And anyone who goes through these ordeals knows that it's the weight that kills you. So on the day scheduled for the biopsy, off I go. It's going to be a core needle biopsy just through the ultrasound. But of course, I get there. And the technician and the doctor cannot perform the the ultrasound, uh, well, the biopsy through ultrasound because they can't really pinpoint the area since it's surrounded by so many cysts and stuff. So they can't really do it. So then they recommend an MRI-guided biopsy. So at this point, you're just being knocked over with bad news on top of bad news, all of which are just uh, lined with the sentence, we just wanna make sure that it's nothing. So you're just being lambasted, you know, left and right with more and more. Now we need more, more time, more weight, and more procedures and more, each time more invasive procedures. Little did I know what an MRI-guided biopsy even entailed. And if you're at home listening to this and you've been you through that and you've done uh, an MRI-guided biopsy, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, I will pick surgery any day of the week over an MRI-guided biopsy. But I want to save the rest of the story for episode 50 of Mind Bloom. So I'm going to say goodbye here, and I'm going to invite you to click on episode 50 and listen to the rest of the story. I thank you so much for being around. I thank you so much for listening, for probably being at home going, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I know that. Ooh, I know that feeling. Ooh, I know that, absolutely, which is the way I feel And I act every time I'm talking with another uh, breast cancer friend. And so I thank you so much for being there, for being my sister or my brother, and all in all, an essential part of my support system. Thank you, and I will see you next week. Bye-bye.